God. Y'all saw that the holy knot there, right? That was for me. Alright, join me in prayer this week. Anyone message time here at Elevating Life Church. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you. For giving us free will and free choice to grow up in the faith and in love. And through your grace and truth, we ask you for your son's tolerance. Truth to witness what it means to be a child of God. Like a child, we submit to your principles and your values and your grace and your truth. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. You may have a seat. Oh, I love the hymns. How about you? You know, uh, it is, it's, my preference is hymnals. Uh, that's why I do it when John leaves. His preference is contemporary, so. We can sing the hymns on, on these uh, fifth Sunday. I'm uh, looking so forward to that because uh, starting in October, we're going to do a, uh, an evening service on the fifth Sunday of uh, each, well, of each fifth Sunday. I guess the way we put that. Uh, and so, uh, and I'm looking forward to that. We're going to have a whole hour of singing hymns, and, and uh, you, you're going to get a, a little message from me. Uh, maybe with the hymns, maybe I should go back and old fire and brimstone. We'll see how that goes, so that's coming up. So it is so good to be with you. Uh, and, you know, as I'm singing that song, I, I mean, I'm trying to think what I'm going to share with you. What's that last song you sang, Stacy? Trust and dream. There's two words in there, or and what? Did you guys see that? Okay, I've been singing this for four years. What does that mean? So, but I figured this out early on. If you would sing watermelon through any of the hymns, you can get through them and people think you're singing with them. It, it is, it's a good trick, right, guys? Some of you guys don't like to just sing watermelon. It looks like you're praising God, and it's a good thing uh, over and over again, I guess. <laughs> you know. So, again, it is so good to be with you. I, I feel out of sorts a little bit because John's not here. But when John's not here, now, John calls me the, calls me the boss. I don't know. But really... Uh, if you know military, you have a commander, which I guess that would be kind of my position, and we're not really like that here, but if you want to think about that, John's the first sergeant. If you know what a first sergeant does, he's actually the boss. Uh, so I say kind of out of a sorts because when the cat's away, what? Here we are, guys! We, we can act like little children. This is what it's all about. So uh, I'm excited. Today, we're going to have fun. It's a serious message, but at the same time, it must be taken lighthearted, or you know, you're you're gonna maybe walk away uh, with something that it's it's not intended to be. So I'm gonna do the best I can to make this lighthearted, but at the same time, uh, I want you to understand the seriousness of it, because if we can grab onto what I call this coming of age teaching, that's what this is. What we're gonna look at today, you're gonna have uh, the ability to adjust yourself in your thinking. You're going to have a stronger way to manage your feelings and your own spirit, if you will. 
And that will then relate at a whole different level that then your performance will be that of, uh, that's going to be extremely good for other people, deeply satisfying for yourself, that then adds uh, value to the bigger picture of reality. Agree with me? And so this is such a critical teaching. Uh, I call it the 30th teaching, the 30th command of Christ that we read in the gospel. So we're going to look at that today, and I am excited. So with that, I looked around. I can introduce myself. I think everybody knows me. How are you doing? I'm Jake. Matthew here. How's everyone? All right. Matthew chapter 18, then. Matthew chapter 18. Go ahead and turn there if you have your Bible. Matthew chapter 18. I'll be reading out of the NIV today. Uh, that's uh, going to bring us to one of, again, one of the most profound teachings that Jesus actually offers his disciples. So raise your hand if you're a disciple of Christ. All right, this message is for you this morning. So read with me our initial verse that uncovers our teaching uh, of despise not the little one. Despise not the little one. To bring a message that I've titled, here's the title of the message this morning, being a big person in a small person's world. If you were with us last week, it was just the opposite. So we want to see what it means to be a big person in a small person's world. Matthew 18.10 is our opening verse. I'm going to read this, and we're going to go back to Matthew uh, chapter 18, and we're going to go through uh, verses 1 through. Uh, we'll try to get to 14, but you guys know reality is never going to happen. So we'll probably get it to, to 10 right where this is. And so we'll see how that looks. And uh, you can come out next Friday to uh, student ministry to hear the rest of that message. And so with that, here we go. See that you don't despise one of these little ones. Here's a question. Who's talking here? Jesus is. He's speaking to his... Um, remember last week, he just uh, gave the commencement speech. Deny self. Be determined to get God's kingdom in, in reality. And now we have Jesus really connecting with them. So they've graduated. How many of you guys remember graduating somewhere? Be it preschool, maybe high school, college, uh, military. Yeah, remember that those days you got the commencement speech. You're motivated. You've been inspired. You're ready to charge hell with the square cut. That's where Jesus is with this, with this, this moment, this episode that we're going to lean into. Now, if you can go back to that moment, um, you remember how you thought you're all that in a bag of Doritos with Mountain Dew on the side back then? Today it was Mountain Dew. I don't know what to drink. Today. But you thought you have arrived. That's what I love about the GPS system, right? I love it. So affirming. You have arrived. Thank you. I was wondering when I was going to arrive. Here I am. And that was the same attitude I had with, the, uh, with my graduation. I remember basic training. Going through all that training and you you go through all this ceremony, you get the commencement speech and all that, and you get out and you think, let's go. Libya was big back then, back in the uh, mid-80s, if you remember that, folks. I'm like, let's go charge hell with the squirt gun, right? Just out of graduation. <laughs> Even though I thought I was a big boy, I was ready to go. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not. Okay. Who's with me with your high school graduation? Come on. We all thought, yeah, here we go. Got in our 20s going, oh, I don't know about this. And maybe graduated college and go, oh, I'm, no. And so we all can relate with this. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels, 
H. Notice there's a small A there. That's always significant when you're interpreting scripture or reading. Uh, for I tell you, uh, they're angels. Uh, not there. That does not say T H E R E, right, Scott? What is that? T there. Been misinterpreted. They're angels, the, the messenger of God. Or in this case, he's actually talking about those who are carrying that heavenly message. It's got your back as a leader. They're angels. I hope you've sensed that with me as your pastor in this in this lead position that that you sense, I got your back. And, and that's exactly what Jesus is talking about here. Two of these new lieutenants, the people in the military know what I mean when I say that. Or I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. This is the command, this is the teaching, and we're going to dive deep into this today. Where am I? Man, it's only 1032. Oh, man. You guys ready for this? I got all kinds of time. I'm excited about this. All right. So there you have it. Matthew 18.10 starts that message being a big person in a small person's world. I need some room here. I'm going to let the Spirit come out today. Let me ask you this question. Have you heard about this teaching or this famous quote of do not despise? Raise your hand if you've heard this, the little children. If you've heard this. You've been in here for the last eight years. You've heard it. Now, this teaching emphasizes the significance in not disregarding children. Don't dismiss them, is what Jesus is saying. Now, this quote, let me say this, is often linked to the time when Jesus called a little child towards them or him and said that we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless we become like this little child. Non-Christians, Christians alike, have heard something regarding this. It is so well known. Become like the little children. Now this phrase in my mind, become like a little child, has always intrigued me. Why is that? With this, and some of you guys maybe are with me here, I imagine an obedient child walking up to Jesus, sitting on his lap, with an eagerness to learn, which may have um, been the case. But the reason this is intriguing, what would this look like today with a little child in Jesus? What would that scenario look like? Now, whenever I think of this scenario or this episode of Scripture involving children, I remember my experience working in the church nursery for seven years. That was the beginning of my ministry. Seven years in the nursery. Let me say this. I didn't work the nursery because I wanted to. 
I say that because so many people come up, hey, would you like to work in the nursery? It's not my calling, Pastor. I've heard that so much. Calling? There's a need in the church. And I understood that, uh, that need. The church took advantage of me for seven and a half years, so be careful with that. But I, I guess I am mentioning that because we do have a desperate need. For and I, I did understand that, that massive need in the church, and it always is. And it's difficult, but please don't talk yourself out of it because what happens is the church hurts and we don't have workers in the nursery. or in, well, it's not, it, There's a need. And, and let me just say this, little children want things. Big people fulfill me. It's just not about the calling. It is, but it's about the bigger calling of Christ and the King. So we need more help, helpers. I had to get that, get that commercial in. But I do go back to the nursery experience because, my goodness, um, I don't know what Jesus was doing here, but I, I mean, I see this cute little kid, kind of like Belle was here. By the way, did you guys see Belle come in? She's so adorable. Crystal's granddaughter. Crystal, my son, granddaughter. Yeah, you know what that makes me? Yeah, I'm not a little kid anymore. <laughs> what happened there? Great grandpa, what? <laughs> anyway, that's another story for another time. Lily Pat will be with us next week, so we're looking forward to that. I get she lives right here next. Uh, hopefully, Lily doesn't get jealous because this one is just as adorable, just as cute. Uh, and so if you saw her earlier, she put me click on. I guess it'd be great, Papa. I, I don't know what to call myself, but but could you imagine? I mean, uh, so I do. I think uh, there's different personalities, uh, young people. Uh, can, could you see that today? What would that look like? If it, let's say here Jesus just well, of course Jesus is here, but let's say he's actually here and he's sitting on this chair here. Uh, and then here's Jesus, you can picture him. And then we, we need a child to come up and help with this object lesson. And then we look around and say, little Scotty, do you mind coming up, coming up here and, and helping us out? Well, little Scotty we know today is his face is planted into well, whatever iPod, whatever that thing, their phone or whatever. And he's not even aware most of the time, right? And they look up with that disgusting look. You know, they don't have glasses, but if they did, they'd look down like be like an old man like me. And like, no. Why are you bothering me? How dare you interrupt my space? Don't you know I'm on TikTok? Leave me alone because you guys are boring. Or how about little Carrie over here? Little Carrie. Oh, my. She never acts up. What would that look like? Excuse me. I'm watching my new movie, Barbie. How dare you? But I think you get the point. It's just gonna, but but um, at the same time, did Jesus bring this child that's on this journey now, going back to Jerusalem, 
Um, there has to be mixed feelings with that. And so I think Jesus has a bigger uh, lesson for us than just this, this obedience. Because Jesus says, become like this little child. I don't know what that looks like. But whatever it looks like, you know, Jesus has a lesson for us. And again, let me say this, which is frequently misinterpreted in the Bible. The command is not about biological children. Who's with me? It's not about biological age, but rather a call for spiritual maturity. Remember where they're at. They're now coming out of graduation and are now back on a journey back to Jerusalem. And let me say this. These disciples are not thinking like Jesus quite yet. They're exactly what I was thinking when I graduated from basic training and tech school from military. Let's go charge hell with the squirt gun. Let's go kill all the you know, Libyans at that time. That was my attitude. And I promise you, this is their attitude. Why do I say that? Because their attitude is exactly what ours would be in the sense of their culture, their background. They're in training. They're done. The commencement speech has been given. We're going to go charge Jerusalem because they're back going to Jerusalem. And they think that they're going to get up on the hill. And we see this with Peter later on in, in, the, in the book. And he takes out the sword and he charges people. Cuts off people. And what did Jesus tell Peter? Get behind me. Wrong agenda, my young leader. But that's my experience. The Roman people came in and did exactly that. So do we get this at this point? They're not getting it. Even in the garden, this is after the journey. We're talking about right after the graduation. They still anger with this habitual way of thinking. And with this, let's say, annihilation approach. They want to take their reality back. We all know the story now. We have the New Testament. Guess what? Jesus wasn't thinking that at all. My Christian friends back in January 6th that are acting a bunch of little kids charging capital. Shame on you. That's not how you That's on camera. I don't mind at all. No, that's not the way we think. So let's see. Let's go back to... Let's go back to... Uh, Matthew chapter 18. Let's go back and let's look at this. And I'm just going to, I'm just going from the heart today. I have notes, but my team already knows. My team's like, you should see them. They're like, here we go again. You know there's John chapter, yeah, we're not going to get there. <laughs> Matthew 18, let's just look at this and let's get into a, let's get into a study moment. See what's going on. And let's allow this to be a coming of age for each and every one in spiritual At that time, here we go, Jesus, excuse me, at that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now this is a very militant move. Raise your hand if you're in the military. Right? You go to your leader. Who's in charge? The general, you know, the, the first sergeant. 
So this is not unusual. You're going to ask this because they want to form a militia. And they need to know what the ranking structure is. You see that? Because they're marching back to Jerusalem. And they gotta get they gotta get that together for them. Because they're gonna take Jerusalem. And then of course, at that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? All small letters, small K, small H there, right where we're at with Jesus. So what does Jesus do? We saw this. He called a little child to him and placed that child among them and said this, Truly I tell you, unless you change or yeah, change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of where? Heaven. Small h, capital H. Talking about here, folks. Too many Christians are like little children sleeping in their crib waiting for daddy to come back. Small h implies heaven here on earth. Never forget, we are waiting for the apocalypse of Jesus, not the apocalypse of the world. That is a misunderstanding when it comes to our reality in the Christian faith today. Too many of us, you, them, are looking for the apocalypse of the world so they don't have to deal with things. That's what a little child does. He's with me. Too many preachers, too many pastors, too many people writing books, too many people are continuing to lean into this apocalypse or the end of the world. It means the end of the world, the way you live it and get into the kingdom of heaven, that then we can expand it. And once the, he- uh, once the apocalypse of Jesus happens, or once he- heaven is expanded, what's going to happen to uh, the wickedness? What's going to happen to all of uh, the, uh, the hurt and the shame? What's going to happen? Whatever you focus on magnifies. We've got to get people into the remnant of the kingdom now so that then we develop the strength of Jesus. And guess what? It's going to just grow. And at some point in that growth, it's going to pop the second coming of Christ. Too many people are sitting out here outside of the will of God going, wonder when the world's just going to kill themselves. That's a wrong belief system. Stop following those people, folks. And let's step into the heart of Jesus and the eye of Jesus here on earth where heaven and earth come together. And we can really make a difference in the grace and truth of God. Are you with me? Too many people are being too passive in the Christian faith because of that reason. Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. He goes on to say, therefore, when you read the word therefore in Scripture, what does that mean? What was that? Stop and see what it's there for. There's a consequence. Now, in this case, he's going to first share the consequence or the uh, award, reward, excuse me, blessing of what this means. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position, the humble position of this child, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's humility. You understand that, right? Pure trust in God, openness with responsibility, uh, vulnerability, hello, and then connecting yourself with godly people that are safe in this reality. 
And whoever welcomes one such child in my, in my name, in my identity, I need to pause here because how many identities are out in the world right now that people are just, just freaked out over? I identify with this age group. I identify with this race and color. I identify with this gender. I identify with... What does that say? Such child in my name. That's identity. In my identity. Grace and truth is Jesus' identity. Are you with me? Hold you this. Now, that's the reward. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And he goes on to say, told you we're not going to get through this whole chapter. Now, that's the reward. That's the blessing. That's the paycheck if you can put it that way. Are you with me? Now, therefore, is going to switch. Don't you love how Jesus loves to speak and communicate in a, in a wholeness and integrity? He's going to give you this side, and now he's going to give you these consequences. If anyone causes one of these little ones, cause. Uh, let's see. You see those little dashes that's with this sentence here, this thought? Who's, who here is good in grammar? Y'all know me. Please don't call on me. You might know what those little, those little markers are called in grammar. I'm a writer, I get this up. What's that? M dash. The guy in my coaching room knows it. Anybody know what an M dash is for? You got an N dash, like November, N dash, M dash, and a hyphen. Does anybody know? I told you this can be a teaching lesson. What is an M dash? Now, M just means it's so stupid. Gee whiz stuff. Uh, M dash is as long as an M. And, but they have a meaning. They're a reason for it. This here is a, is, is a M dash where it clarifies what Jesus just said, or what a person says if you write it. So if you see that in the Bible, it's so important that you see that because Jesus is going to clarify. And he's going to give you the reason or even the point of what he's talking about. So he says, if anyone causes one of these little ones, and he's going to pause, and he's going to say, this is what I mean. Those who believe in me. Not the biological child. That's not who he's talking about here. Talk to the newborn baby. Do you believe in Jesus? Even a toddler. A little child. The irony of being a Christian is this. Biologically, we're born into the world. If I was God, I would just say, sorry about this, I had to get you in. Y'all, in the fall, y'all going to be screwed up. Sorry about Adam and Eve. But we have to be biological born, and God has to get us into wherever His plan is, whatever that is. But then, He's giving us to other parents, and you know, some of us did whatever. We're all in the same boat, right? Come on. Who's a perfect parent here? Sherry's not here. So. We grow up in that culture, in that mindset, in that belief system. 
But there's a point that we grow up that you, your, your knowledge starts growing and you hit a conscious moment that you can actually think for yourself. We call this adolescence. But it has to get there so that then I'm growing up in this biological world so then I can make a choice, free will and free choice, to become a human being that is identified with Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ. And think about that for a second. That's radical. Because how many people are, are, are they can think, you can choose any belief system. You want any identity, go ahead. You, you know what the issue is now, you know, with the genders. and Man, there's some people that think they're Furbies or cats or something. I don't get, I'm not making, whatever. I'm not going to identify with a pussycat. I'm going to identify with Jesus. And I get why this is all chaotic and confused because when you look at the world and you're searching for truth, man, it's a mess out there. But you have to come to a point in your life that you have to grow up and make that choice for yourself. Stop hurting yourself, stop hurting people, and get a belief system that's going to add value to this reality instead of destroying it and waiting for the apocalypse of the world, Christians, and get into the right belief system. But you have to become an adult, biologically speaking. Make that decision for yourself. It's called repent and be born again. You've got to get that new perception, that new set of eyes, so that then your activities and that your habits and your pathway now become good and you're following the good shepherd. Are you with me? This command is misunderstood more than most. Now, check this out. If anyone causes one of these little ones, where am I at? I'm good. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble. Okay, let's be honest. How many people in here, raise your hand, and maybe you've done something that caused somebody else to stumble or yourself to stumble by some of your choices? Every one of your hands. Your hand's not going out. Everybody look at them and, and let me show you what denial looks like. <laughs> Every one of us is guilty. That's why we're sinners. But when we sit, step into uh, the grace of God and the truth of God, we then now are on the right path to become saints. Uh, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around the neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Now, Jesus is speaking in the context of the church here. You understand that? I know that because we're not going to get there today. The next thought that he has is discipline in the church. So here he's talking to the leadership of the church. That would be his believers now. They're young as leaders. But he's like, listen, if you're going to cause people to stumble because of your misinterpretation or because of your, you know, your preferences or whatever that is, Jesus just said this in our everyday terms. It's better for you take a gun and put it to your head and pull the trigger because that is where, how good you are. And I hate to say that, but if you go back to that moment, that's exactly what Jesus was saying. They're walking by the Sea of Galilee, this huge stone. He says, stick your head right in the middle of that, of that stone, that, that millstone that crushes uh, olives and stuff, and go jump in the deepest part of the Sea of Galilee. This is where they're And that's not unsensitive. That's the reality because we have made Jesus look like this little, you know, timid. 
No, he is making a point for a reason. He's saying it's better that you're dead, my leaders, than screw up the church like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, right? Like the religious world system. Woe to the world, the religious world. That's that reality back there. Because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, Jesus knows that, live in the fall, but woe to the person through whom they come. Now, check this out. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off, throw it away. Jesus just... Can you imagine what that is? It's better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal life. It goes on to say, and if your eyes cause you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. Are we watching a horror flick here or what? <laughs> Think about it. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes be thrown into the fire. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, those who believe in me, who are identified with me to the grace and truth of Jesus. For I tell you that their angels, here's the command, in heaven always see the face of my Father, love in heaven. Let me wrap it up by saying this, I've got a couple minutes. I hope you saw three practical things in what I just said. Jesus talked about gouging, excuse me, gouging out the eyes. He talked about cutting off the hand. And then he talked about I'm gonna give you something radical here for your reading from this point on. Those words that Jesus are using, first and foremost, come from Matthew chapter 5. By the way, Matthew chapter 5 is Jesus has his disciples. He's like, hey, we're in Matthew 18. Hey, we're in Matthew. He's like, first and foremost, what he's doing with the cut the hands off and the feet. Where else did we hear that? Read that in the book of Matthew? Matthew chapter 5. Sermon on the Mountain. So Jesus is actually pointing these leaders back to the Sermon on the Mountain. Get back to the fundamental. Who was it? Football player at Green Bay? Vince Lombardi? Had a screwed up football team. Professionals all went through all this. Took a football. And all of these people that have been playing football matured. Says, this Football, my so-called mature team. That's all Jesus is doing here. This is the football. Get back to the basics. Become like that little child or that person in faith that had little faith on the Sermon on the Mount. He just brought us back there with what he just said. Get back to the basics. And if you read the book of Revelation, get back to your first love. He's doing something radical. But those three things, let me share 
they come from the book of Proverbs, those three uh, eyes, hands, and foot. This is what Jesus means anytime you read those three words. Your eyes represent what you perceive. Notice that's better for you to cut off two eyes, two different beliefs, and have the perception of one. Eyes equals sight, yes? For us, how you perceive things. And you want the inside of Jesus. Eyes equals your beliefs and your perception, not your perspective. Number two, cut off your hands. What do you think the hands represent? Work, or better yet, your activity. Your activity. Some of those things you're doing, we're just talking about your everyday life. You need to cut those off if you're serious about this. Your activity, your hands. Now, this is radical here. Your feet represent, and I'll just make it easy, your habits. Because your habits are your pathway. Yes? And he says, stop seeing life the way you're seeing it. Stop with the stupid activity where you're causing people to stumble and get new habits. Hello, 49 commands of Christ. So that then you will live profoundly good for others that are deeply satisfying for yourself that then adds to the bigger picture of all reality. Everybody benefits. From your human experience. You got too many Christians walking around selfish. Is a child selfish? I hope so. Babies that went home just hope they're selfish because they cry and the adults come and meet the need. But there's a time we've got to grow up and say, are we going to live all over the place with our identity? Are we gonna so this, again, this command Despise not the little. It's about us. And it's about now understanding what tolerance is in the delight of the Lord. And I say that because there's too many Christians that believe tolerance. We're going to tolerate this belief system, this ideology, this perception. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about becoming a leader that has tolerance, that you can be a mentor to a mentee teacher to a student, a disciple to a follower, where that comes together, you have tolerance so that then you can care for the little ones, right? so that you can have compassion for other people, so that you know what respect is, and you have know-how, because an adult walks in the know-how of life. Do you know God? So with that, let's start. Let's end where we start. Matthew 8. Carry on. 
one of these little ones. For I tell you that there are angels in heaven always the face of my Father. Adults know how to cry. Amen. Amen.